This week on the Baseline Podcast, Josh and I are back talking college football. We are back in separate countries, but hey, college football brings us together. So we are here talking about week one of college football, specifically breaking down the last conference that we have to, which is the SEC. We talk about every team from both the West and the East, who's coming out on top, who's winning the SEC, who pretty much has a guaranteed spot in the college football playoff. And then we will finish up by talking about the NFC West, talk about who is coming out on top. And are there any surprises going to be happening? All that and so much more coming up on the Baseline Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Baseline Podcast. I'm Ben. That's Josh. And we're not at our kitchen table or my kitchen table. Ah, good times. Good times. Um, Also, uh, it's been a crazy couple weeks. So obviously, we didn't have an episode last week. Um, We had a bonus episode with my dad. Shout out to dad for coming up with the most depressing top five sports moments of all time. It's just involved losing, I think, most of Ohio teams losing or something <laughs> like that. Um, but Josh, how how do you feel about having that? Like, I want to briefly talk about this before we jump into our football talk, our final really big football talk before season starts. How'd you feel about having an episode in person and a couple other, you know, short things, one that hasn't come out yet, but um, how how'd that feel kind of in that, in that region? I think it was a lot more fun. You don't have to uh, try to coordinate uh, time zones. You don't have That's to uh, worry about technology, maybe lagging behind or yeah. internet going out entirely. And I think it's just easier to have a conversation in person than over a screen anyways. So I enjoyed it. I wish we could do more, but hey. until you move back to Ohio permanently, I guess it never happened. But I will say that it makes it like that much more special when there's like that chance where I am in town and we can kind of make it like I think that's that makes it more, I think, kind of cool, I think, in a way, because I think feel like we would say the same thing if I was like, you know, there all the time. And then at one point I would go away for a bit and we do Zoom. I feel like we might say the same thing. I don't know. That's just my my opinion. But again, You know what, Josh? It doesn't matter because you know what? We're not going to count week zero. It's football week, Josh. College football is back. <laughs> Everyone this still has week. a zero and zero record. It's just weird. Um, but no, college football is back. And uh, Josh, I don't know about you, but I'm very excited. Not only because I've started a college football fantasy league that you are in, um, but I'm also just generally excited for college football to be back. Um, maybe I think you'll agree with me on this. There's nothing like waking up on Saturday morning going outside, breathing the fresh air, and then watching college game day or just realizing that college football is here. How are you going to be feeling on that Saturday morning? You ready for those games? Should be a good time. Uh, the I do have to work Saturday, so I'll get out I'm in so time sorry. to watch it. I'm so sorry. I should get in time out in time to watch Ohio State and in Indiana. I think Clemson-Duke is the night game. Yeah, and then the, the Florida, State, yeah. Florida State LSU is actually Sunday night, so I should be free to watch that one. But yeah, week zero is here, and my Gators are actually kicking things off on Thursday with a game at Utah. So. Ooh, that's gonna be a good one. Speaking of Florida, speaking of Florida, Josh, who who are we talking about this week in college football? We'll talk about who we're talking about in the uh, in the NFL in a bit. What are we talking about, and and what are we? I mean, we we're only missing one, Josh, just one big one. Only one Power Five conference, uh, the best one for last, the oh, SEC, geez. the Southeastern oh, Conference. Ending it on a high note here with uh, oh, probably three of the just, four playoff teams, right? Oh, jeez. Just just bury kidding. the dagger, why don't you? Kidding, oh, kidding, my. kidding, kidding. But are there you, are a lot of good teams here that we're going to be talking true. about today, though. Yeah. And it's 
the most up in the air. I think the SEC, I agree, West at least yeah. has ever been in our lives as college football fans. Yeah, it, it, it's it's weird, you know, Josh. I was thinking about this. I think someone said this the other day. It, it was one of my, you know, one of my buddies here, or one of the coaches I work with, or somebody that said, "This is the first year where you look at the SEC and go, it's reasonably." Like it's it's the one year where you can look at and go Alabama might be the third or fourth best team in the conference. Some might say I'm not saying I'm saying that I'm just saying there's a reasonable chance that you have enough of these teams that have been just plugging away over the years waiting for Alabama to finally fall off the cliff. I think that's the question we'll answer today. Has Alabama slowly starting to decline or is this just was a fluke couple years and we're going to see Alabama back on top this year? That's the question we're going to aim for today. But Josh, I love the SEC because I feel like every year it's just like this boxing match, like this boxing series where they just slug at each other and whoever survives, you know, whoever can sustain the Georgia punches and the Alabama punches, they have a chance, but it it is always ends up being kind of that Georgia, Alabama, uh, maybe Florida this year, Josh, maybe Florida. We don't know, um, but give me your first takes on the SEC and because you're more of an SEC guy than I am. So I want to kind of hear your takes on the conference and, and maybe how do you want to start this conversation? Yeah, I think we can go ahead and start in the in the SEC West since that's the division that's definitely yeah. more up in the air. I think more people than not would say that Georgia is going to win the East, but going over the SEC West, I legit have no idea. If this could be an Alabama division, this could be an LSU division. If LSU and Mississippi State, or not LSU, if Ole Miss and Mississippi State might even have a shot, I don't know. And even the teams that'll probably be near the bottom, like Arkansas and Auburn, yeah, uh, might have some uh, some surprises this year. Just Arkansas returning KJ Jefferson and Rocket Sanders, Auburn bringing Hugh Freeze in, finishing with a top five transfer portal class, and uh, continuing to uh, build the program back up to where it, it, or at least it seems to be on the right track to building up where it used to be. And then I didn't even mention yet Texas A&M, who I know. has one of the most talented rosters in the country. But they can't put together seven last year. Yeah. So <laughs> why don't we just start off with uh, yeah. who's been the king of this division for the most part of our lives with Alabama, Ben. Yeah, I've you know, seen, yeah, I've seen ahead. people. Yeah, I've seen people uh, say they could finish as low as eight and four. Mm-hmm. I've seen some people say they're gonna get back to old classic Alabama football when they could win national titles with guys like Jake Coker when they could make playoff uh, games with Blake Sims. Uh, go back to the the defensive first, winning in the trenches, more yeah. focused on the running game because Alabama really has been running back you uh, for a little while too. It seems like. Uh, and we still don't know as the time of our recording if Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson, or Tyler Buckley they haven't heard anything. is going to be the week one starter. And they don't have much time to figure this out because they got Texas week two. So they yeah. can't be messing around as much as Ohio State has the freedom to with Notre Dame not being week four. So that's kind of my general assessment of Alabama. It sounds like they're going to have to be playing uh, some true but talented uh, yeah. freshmen this year in their starting lineup. But this team doesn't lack talent. There's five stars all over the place. I think they're... Uh, out of three of their last four classes have been the three highest in Alabama history. And even like just on the defensive line at the edge, even losing Will loaded. Anderson, they I think they got six, five stars alone at, at the edge. So talent's there, but yeah, Texas A&M had some talent last year, but this is also a much more stable system, I think. 
We also got new coordinators, Tommy Reese and Kevin Steele, who have kind of been rejects at their programs. <laughs> I think they could have taken them or leaving them. So it's it's a really interesting year for Alabama and Nick Saban, Ben. Yeah. And I'm not really sure where I fall, but maybe I can figure it out uh, through our discussion, my prediction for this season for him. Yeah, you know, Alabama is one of those teams where I feel like every time you doubt them, like how many times, Josh, in the last, you know, eight, nine years where we've been like, well, Alabama's not the same. They're a little different. They're not going to be the same Alabama. And we get we get our, you know, we get our butts handed to us. And like this is the thing. Alabama can go 10 and 2 and it's a sucky year for them, right? Most teams yep. when you go 10 and 2, 9 and 3, do you're making money and you're getting more guys to come to your school. Alabama's the opposite. You go to 10 and 2, now now people are like, "Well, is Alabama still the place to be? Is Nick Saban should he retire?" Like, if there's one thing I've learned, Josh, now I've I've heard all the same things you have. They could be eight and four, nine and three. They might not even make it, you know, to the SEC championship game. Like whatever. But I'll be honest with you, I've done this millions of times where I've went against Nick Saban, and I just for me it's hard to look at the 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 West and go, is there someone that right now I stare at that at that stand at those standings and go, this team is clearly better than Alabama. LSU is the only team where I can go. You know, they have a legit shot. But if I look at this, 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 uh, uh, if I look at the SEC West, Arkansas, nah, nah, I don't see it. Auburn, there's a lot of transition. I maybe, maybe they get a, a something miracle, but let's be honest, probably not. Mississippi State, no. Mississippi, if they have a good year, we've seen what Mississippi can do when they're when they're loaded, when their offense is rolling. Then Texas A&M, like you said, most talented roster probably out there one of the at least one of the most talented yet they can't put it together so i look at the sec west and go what who is going to no matter who the quarterback is i agree with you they they need to figure this quarterback thing out because texas is waiting there going um this is our year right so to me i think they're going to have to lean on the run game like you said that the defense is so loaded like you look at this defense you're like dude nfl player nfl player scout team NFL player, but still be NFL player. NFL, you know, like you just go through this, this team kind of like what you do with Ohio state and what you can do with Michigan and what you can do with USC, but it's just that head coaching spot. People have asked me before, you know, if you're an Ohio state fan, you know, I, I, people always ask me, would you take Nick Saban or would you take Ryan day? That is the dumbest question I've ever heard in my life. I love Ryan day, but I'm taking Nick Saban. He's been there, done that. Right. Like this is this is a reality thing where it's very hard for me to look and see Alabama finishing. You know, if they do finish, they're only going to finish right behind LSU. But I I don't see them going eight and four. Like I think it's just mind boggling that Alabama goes eight and four. But again, maybe I've been proven wrong, but I'm not going against Nick Saban. Yeah. uh, The one thing that they do have going for them is that all their toughest games are at Bryant Denny Stadium. So you got exactly Texas. You were at Texas last year, so they get that game at home. Uh, Ole Miss is going to be at home. Uh, Tennessee is going to be at home. LSU is going to be at home. Yeah, (laughs) and you know how hard it is to win there. (laughs) Yeah, Alabama's a tough home crowd. Those are all the toughest games on their schedule. I mean, I guess as far as tough road games go, they do have to go to Kyle Field for Texas A&M, and I believe the last time they were there, that was a loss when Zach Calzada was playing quarterback. Zach Calzada. Uh, (laughs) The Auburn game is at Auburn. Kentucky is at Kentucky this year. So I would assume that those are games that they will be able to handle. But 
that is the one thing that they got going for him is that all the toughest games are on their home field. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's just reality. And I think at the end of the day, like you can't bet against Nick Saban, right? That's just <laughs> – we've all learned that lesson one or two yeah, times. It's it's tough to do. So, yeah, I mm. – it it helped me out more if I if I knew who an Alabama running back was. Yeah, that's true. Like I, I'm based off track record. Like I would assume so, but Jameer Gibbs was a transfer. I know, last but year I also know I, there are a lot of injuries too. I'm pretty sure in that room. I'm pretty sure they're pretty banged up this this fall. So I'm interested to see how that plans out. At least the last I heard. But I they have you know they have that I forget the talented freshman name, but he's really good. They have McClellan, who I think is going to be a guy. Bounce. Yeah, Downs, like they have guys. Caden Proctor. Yeah, they have some, I mean, they have talented guys. Um, but again, with that offensive line, dude, I don't care who you put back. Dude, I could be running back, and I think I could get a few yards here and there. So, um, yeah, again, I, I again, I just, I think Alabama's going to finish. I'm going to just predict it. I think they're going to go 11. I think go 11 and 1. I think they lose to Texas, to be honest with you. I think Texas mm-hmm. pulls an upset, but I don't think they lose a game in the SEC. I'm going to go ahead and say they finish nine and three. They're going to take two of these home games, or they're going to lose two of these tough home games, not be able to win them all. And then they're going to lose one of these one offs that maybe they shouldn't. Maybe it's the, the AM game. Maybe it's Kentucky if Devin Leary ends up stepping so, up to where he needs to be. But so would you say this is kind of where I'm sitting right now? Would you say that this is then like, according to you and, you know, according to last year's schedule, do you, like do, or last year's record, do you feel like this is where we're nearing the end of this Saban dynasty then? Like, do you feel like we're on the way out of this Saban dynasty? Um, what was it? 11 and one to 10 and two to nine and three. I don't know. I don't because know if that's someone bad say, enough. because someone say it is, but someone also say like, dude, you're nine and three, like just deal with it, right? Yeah, but it's Alabama football. Yeah, the the other side of the coin, I I brought up that they've been able to win without stud quarterbacks in the past, but when you look at all the national championship quarterbacks the last several years, it's I mean I know Stetson Bennett say what you want about him, but his but numbers are really good. He's stud he did really well in Todd Monken's system. He also made an NFL uh, roster, so. <laughs> And he also was drafted, yeah, in the fourth round. Uh, you got Joe Burrow, you got Trevor Lawrence, you got Deshaun Watson. All these big time QBs have won national titles, and I think the reason Alabama has shifted to the the big time quarterback offense is because they've had to keep up with the times. And unless Jalen Milrow or Tyler Buckner, whoever it is, ends up Tyler being Buckner. <laughs> a, way above average, which I'm not sure they will in the situations that I've seen. I gotta go. I'm gonna go ahead and go nine and three, and I hate doing that. But right now, there's there's just nothing to suggest no, I get to me it. otherwise. I'm just an optimist. I can't do it. Yeah. So why don't we go ahead to LSU, the the team that everybody yeah. else is saying that could maybe win this division, if not Alabama. Yeah. And in Brian Kelly's first season last year, there's a lot to love. Love there's their quarterback. A, a lot quarterback. of growth from yeah. A lot of growth from that week one loss to Florida State where they basically did everything they they possibly could to lose the game and still were had a shot to win it at the end. And you're right. In a conference that doesn't have a lot of returning quarterbacks, LSU does have one stud, with Jaden Daniels, who He's a stud. I think has the second highest Heisman odds this season. And a lot of other young talent around him, like Malik Neighbors, who I'm really high on this season, and um Mason Taylor at tight end. And then you got 
Harold Perkins and Mason Smith. And they added some top guys in the transfer portal too. I think they finished with the second best overall class, uh, just bringing in guys like um, Denver Harris, who was one of those uh, highly touted A&M recruits that's uh, going to be playing corner over them for them for now. And I think they got eight or nine other four stars. So it's all, yeah. it's all highly sought after guys. And the, the returning quarterback there is super huge too. Brian Kelly's doing some good work over there so far. Yeah, you know, I, I, it is a, it is one of those things where I think Brian Kelly, I will be the first one to admit, Josh, I'll be the first one to admit. And I think you know this because it was on this show. I doubted him going to LSU. I made oh, it very, I, I, I made it very vocal that I said, this is going to be a flop. And I got to give credit. Look good. No, and I got to give credit where credit is due. Brian Kelly has went down there and said, I'm going to make this, I'm going to prove to everyone that I'm not just a, you know, Cincinnati, Notre Dame kind of guy where I'm just like this, you know, north of the Mississippi and all I care about is Midwest football. Um, he proved he can go to the SEC, not only recruit guys, recruit transfers, not only that, but say, hey, I'm going to put a team out there that's going to be competing with the best in the SEC. And LSU might be getting close to where they were with Joe Burrow. I'm not saying they're close to that. I'm just saying they're on their way upwards again. Um, but again, I, I, I just like this team. I, I love I love this, the way they've been able to develop a quarterback like Daniels, who, to be honest, I think he, I wouldn't be shocked if he wins the Heisman. I mean, just because he has that kind of that flair that I think you look for. Um, because we all know they hate giving a Heisman to two years in a row because they don't want to break Archie's record. Um, so we all know how hard that's going to be. But you know, I look at LSU. I think the one concern I have is, is you know, can they keep the consistency from last year to this year? You know, will the de- has the defense gotten any better? Has the offense will the offense play more consistently throughout the year, especially later stages in the year? Um, and then the, the game, any of these big games they have this year, like are you are they willing to, you know, to put it all on the line to go out and win the games? Because I, I agree, I think LSU they could win the SEC West easily. I think they could if they if they beat if they run the table they could be that team that goes and faces Georgia probably gets obliterated by Georgia but still goes and faces the giant that it is Georgia so for me I think LSU to me is the second best in my opinion in the SEC West beyond Alabama I think LSU finishes like ten and two or maybe they finish the eleven and one the same record but you know they have that one loss. Um, it, in 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 the SEC that would cause them not to make the SEC championship SEC championship game, but still, I think it's going to be a great season for them. For sure. And back to what you said about Brian Kelly, I also thought it was culturally not going to be a good fit. He came in trying to pretend that he had a southern accent already, was doing like weird dances with three star recruits for videos on Twitter, and it just looked like a mess. And then the first week of the season against Florida, like I said, the lack of discipline, and then Keishon Butte basically like threatens to quit the team and it's like man this is just falling apart right in front of us this is going to be a failed experiment in a heartbeat but then he he ended up following up with what he he spoke into existence ben he said i want to come or i came to the sec to beat nick saban and he did it in year one 
He did it, and I, and I think I think he's proven what he can do, and and I really believe that the LSU is going to be that team that will run the table against Alabama to prove that they are the better team, uh, and, and maybe this is the sh- paradigm shift. Maybe this is where Brian Kelly becomes finally the Brian Kelly that wins the national title uh, and, and proves everyone wrong. So I, I'm excited to see what LSU does this year, uh, and again, they are the probably I think for sure the third best team in the SEC. And it goes Georgia, Alabama, and then LSU in my mind. Yeah, and just running through LSU's schedule, it definitely looks a, li- a little easier than Alabama's. You you do have Florida State on a neutral site to start, who you almost beat last year. And as high as I was on Florida State uh, in our ACC preview, I feel like that's a game that they can go out and win this season. Yeah. They got uh, Mississippi State on the road. They got Arkansas at home. Ole Miss is a road game. Auburn's a home game. Alabama, like we said, that's going to be at Bama. Uh, Florida is going to be a home game, and Texas A&M is going to be a home game. So this is kind of, to me, Ben, looking like it could be a an eleven and one or ten and two year for for the Tigers, assuming that uh, everybody steps up the way that they're supposed to. Yeah, and Jay, Daniels has to stay healthy. I think if he gets sure. hurt, they're in big trouble. I, I really they don't have that depth that I think Alabama has. That well. They do have Garrett Nussmeyer at QB. They do played the last two games last yeah, year. Yeah, it's just not the not same. exactly the same. The same. Yeah. He doesn't give you the same. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like the threat to run isn't exactly yeah, there. It's not like Ohio State or even Alabama where a guy goes down. You have something very similar, or or at least in the same range uh, of what you have before. So that's my opinion. That's my take. Mm-hmm. Well, we can uh, move along to some of these other SEC West teams. Uh, what do you think about going to Ole Miss next? Yeah, Ole Miss is a fascinating team. I feel like Ole Miss is. is just like it's like the cousin of your family, right? It's just like it's just it doesn't make sense. Their their team is just a little bit, I don't know. It feels off sometimes, doesn't it? Like when you watch Ole Miss, like it's like you're they're supposed to be good every year, but then you feel like they don't always meet expectations. At least in my case, I always feel like I always think Old Miss is like, oh, this team's going to finish, you know, third in the SEC West, and then they're like mid pack. I don't know that. That's just, I guess, I always feel like Lane Kiffin is that close with Old Miss. Like he's that close. He has, you know, he has some very good talent. I mean, I can't think of the running back's name, and he's blanking on me right now. Sean Judkins. Judkins. Like I love this kid. Like I've watched highlights of this kid. He is phenomenal. What can you do to get him the ball? What can you do to make sure that ball is in, that ball is in his hands? You know, eighty percent of the time. Um, and so, to me, I think you you have to build around that, and and then hopefully have a very solid defense in order to run the table. Yeah, uh, Lane Kiffin at the helm has done really well, uh, hitting the portal and getting kids over there. And I think he's done enough that uh, he could be a lifer at Ole Miss if he wanted to. I think they like him, and I think he likes it there. Uh, There's just the other thing too with Ole Miss every. A lot of people I've heard talk about them having the best quarterback room in the country with uh, Jackson Dart over there and Spencer Sanders and uh, the other kid that transferred from LSU, I think, is over there. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. It's 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 not the same as saying that this team has the best running back room in the country, the best receiver room in the country, because you can only have one on the field at a time. And I'm not sure why Spencer Sanders was a starting role at Oklahoma State if he wasn't or didn't have like a good indication that he was going to be the starter this season. So but then why would you bench dart? Cause dart actually looked good at times. Dart wasn't yeah. bad. Yeah. Um, he was a good quarterback, not a great quarterback uh, over there starting for him. And Spencer Sanders is a vet. Uh, didn't really turn the ball over too much. Uh, I think that was something that a lot of people good athlete. 
liked and highlighted. Yeah. So uh, I can't remember if Ole Miss has announced the starting quarterback. Or I don't not. think they have. I don't. I haven't seen anything. That's another one that I just thought of. Uh, we mentioned Alabama being one of those bigger programs. Let me see if I can find an Ole Miss starting quarterback update on Twitter here, real quick. If not, then um, we can speculate. It's not Twitter anymore. It's X, Josh. It's X. I, every time I see the the logo, I'm like, "What the heck is this app?" <laughs> uh, at least as of Monday, no starting quarterback has been announced yet. Can we also talk how about we we always call it Old Miss, but it's just Mississippi? Just, I always thought it's, it was. It's weird. on all their merch. It's I on know. all their merch. It's like Mississippi University, but it's Old Miss. Anyways, that just yeah. threw me off for a second. Uh, speaking of Old Miss, you know, they, I think they've had more drama. Not involving their actual team, but a former player than their actual team has even brought gotten the spotlight involving Michael Orr. Like I feel like that's gotten them more drama than anyone looking at their team generally now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that situation. Uh, we'll see how it plays out, it's a but nutcase. It's weird. Yeah, two rich people wanting to fight. What's new? <laughs> hey, check out the schedule, by the way. So out of conference, yeah, I looked at Tulane. Yeah, two lanes uh, are going to be a tough G5 That's a tricky one. Win. That's a tricky one. Yeah. That one's a neutral site, it looks like, at New Orleans, too. Um, They go to Alabama. They get to host LSU, as I said. Loss. Uh, they'll, they'll also get to host Arkansas. They got to go to Auburn. They get to host Texas A&M. They have to go to Georgia, cross division. I think... At the end of the year, they'll be at Mississippi State. Did they... Is it is it bad to say they might only win seven games? I think they only won seven games last year. Like I, I eight and four, seven and five. I'm looking like at that, that. I'm looking at that schedule. I, I mean, they might even go six and six, but I don't. I don't think they're going like eight and four or anything. Now that I think about that schedule again, they might go eight and five six. last year. They might go seven and five in the regular season. I just I don't see them. There's a lot of tough games in there. Yeah. It was weird uh, last year. I know with all the Lane Kiffin to Auburn drama, and then they were just losing games at the end of the year that they probably shouldn't have. It was yeah. like, well, looks like Lane's checked out and he's going to be out of here. Yeah, they lost their last four games last year. Lost to Bama, lost to Arkansas, lost to Mississippi State, lost the bowl game to Texas Tech. So could have been some injuries. Uh, not really sure. I don't remember what was going on other than the Lane Kiffin drama, so I just assumed that he was done. But, yeah, there could be five losses on this schedule. That's going to be a tough season for this team. That's just like, to me, I just, I don't know. I don't know what they, I don't, you, we just, I guess you just have to play and see, see what happens with them. See how yeah. they can maybe make a difference, I guess. Yeah. I, I would definitely count uh, LSU and Alabama as definite losses. Tulane's one of those teams that could be a loss. Uh, Arkansas uh, has enough offensive power to be a loss. If Texas A&M can flip the script, that's a loss. And Georgia absolutely is a loss. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And Mississippi State's not going to be an easy rivalry game either, but I'm I'm kind of seeing like seven and five right now, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm going seven and five probably. That's where I think I'm leaning towards at least. Why don't we stay in the state of Mississippi and discuss some Mississippi States? Oh, Mississippi, Mississippi State. This is, I'll go ahead and say my dark horse. Oh, is if it? If you were to come up with a dark horse. And the reason why... Even though I know they have first-year head coach Zach Garnett, they have also a returning starting quarterback 
and a returning starting quarterback that's thrown a lot of yards and won a lot of games. It's Will Rogers. Yep. They also have um, so much uh, veteran depth around. Like we love the returning production stats. This team, I think, has 19 of its 22 starters back, and most of them, if not all of them, are all seniors. So I assume that because these guys are old, there's going to be some discipline. They're there's going to be, yeah, <laughs> old, you know, old, you're a senior, you're old. But uh, this also could mean they weren't talented enough to make the jump to the NFL. So there's that side of the coin too. But running through the schedule, Ben, uh, for Mississippi State at least, it's, I mean, it, it's kind of the same as, Ole Misses, except they don't have the Tulane game out of conference. They play Arizona instead. Uh, and instead of Georgia cross division, they play South Carolina. They play Western Michigan. Oh, that's just so gross in the middle of the year. Sorry. Western always, Michigan, middle of the season. Yeah. It's just always like those SEC oh, just grosses me out. Yeah. And then they get a Southern Miss out of conference as well. That's uh, the, just, the so FCS dumb. game, so if you dumb. will, that used to be an FCS game, but. So yeah, dumb. I think this. I think the schedule is really favorable for them too, Ben. What any uh, any impressions on Mississippi State? Um, what are you hearing? What are you seeing? I, I mean, I look at their schedule. Like, if I go back to their schedule here, uh, I I think I think Mississippi State. I mean, also, doesn't it feel like Rogers has been around for like eight years? I feel like I feel like he's like been he's around been forever. Around so long, yeah, like, thirteen thousand career passing yards. I think that's nuts. Like that. That's really nuts. Jeez, uh, I think you know. You look at the, look at the teams they're playing. Like Arizona's a win, Southeast Louisiana win. You know, LSU is probably a loss. South Carolina, I think they can maybe squeak down. It's at home, so they can probably win that one. Alabama loss. They beat Western Michigan, which by the way they go to Western Michigan, I believe, which is just weird. That is actually a home game for them, Mississippi oh. State. Sorry, never mind. I'm looking at it upside down. Sorry. No, they do not have. They do not have. They have to. Uh, yeah, sorry, I looked at it wrong. They have to go to South Carolina. Um, where South Carolina? To, yeah, they have to go to South Carolina. But I look at this. I look at this, and I really you could see nine wins, eight nine wins. I mean, it's not. It's not. If everything goes as at like as good as possible, I think the ceiling for them is nine and three. Yeah. So again, I, I think it's very possible. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where they'll probably be middle of the pack, most likely. But Again, when you have Will Rogers, you have guys that have been there for years. You know, th- there's something that I always tell people. I don't care how crazy this NIL stuff gets. When you have people that have been at your program for three, four years, it's always going to be more, worth way more than some five-star punk that, you know, is making a million dollars a year. Um, they, it's just they've been there. They've done it. They know how to do it. Dang, five-star punk, get off my lawn, Ben. Yeah, get off my lawn. Sorry, David Cohn, I stole it. It's the Hungarian lawn, so it's different. It's different. Uh, what do you think of Texas A&M? Because, oh, like do we, we have, mentioned... The- I feel like we do we even have to talk about them? Because it's what's going to happen. We know what's going to happen, Josh. We know what's going to happen, Josh. They're going to have... Well, they imp- so they got improved from They got improved from five and seven, though, right? They're not an AP top 25 team. Yeah. Like, it's not the same as most A&M seasons. Yep. It's a. This is the thing, though. This is the thing. This is the thing. Also, they are ranked actually twenty third. Are they? They didn't make it. Yeah, <laughs> I told you. Like I said, this team. They. They. Just, I think they started off six last year. 
the still they just they somehow keep around um but no i, I think in general I, like i think we both can agree texas a&m should be the second best team in this part of the conference probably should if you look, look on the look on the look if you look on the sheets you know sheet of paper um but i think at the end of the day this team is is maybe i don't know if it's a jimbo problem or if it's a we are selling a very we're trying to sell a very good product but that product is flawed and what do we do to fix it have they find have they found those pieces that that fix that problem they've been having what is that problem and so to me i i look at their i look at the roster like they i mean everywhere you look like it, they're loaded with four or five five you know four or five five stars um you know, it, each it, every position it feels like. So it's not like the talent's not there. It I think it goes back to coaching and how to properly use guys. And I think that is where the biggest struggle is for Texas A&M. So at the end of the day, I think if they can do that, then they have a very good shot. One other thing that I think is going to make a difference is that they got Connor Wegman playing quarterback this year. He was third on the depth chart last year as a, I believe, a true freshman. And he comes in at the end of the season after they try the Haynes King experiment and that fails and Max Johnson can't quite get yeah. it done either. Wegman comes in and wins the LSU game. So that is who they got leading the way this year, coupled with Bobby Petrino being hired in to be the offensive coordinator and call the plays. It looks like Jimbo has uh, faced the facts that the game has passed him by and he's moving into more of a CEO role, which he definitely needed to do. Well, mm, I don't know about that. I, I feel like... no. This is the thing. I want to say that, but I'm looking at my own Ohio State that I root for. Ryan Day is going to, they've already come out and said Ryan Day is going to be calling most of the plays. Even though he's hired Brian Hartline, a guy who is obviously a guy that they're very high on, there's just something about people like Ryan Day, like uh, Lincoln O'Reilly, like Lincoln Riley, and like uh, Jimbo Fisher that it's in their blood to call plays and sometimes they just want to. So, uh, yeah, I, it's going to be hard Maybe. for me to believe that he's going to have no say at all uh, and not really call any plays during the game. But maybe that's just it, me. But It also wouldn't shock me if Jimbo, like if they start off 2-2 two and two with losses to Auburn and Miami, that he hijacks the, the offense again oh, and then sure. just make sure that they don't win a game the rest of the season, you know? Oh, for sure. I mean, the dude's getting paid, what, like $80 million over eight years or the, whatever they, it is? The buyout always is always discussed. Yeah, it was like something so like, in the 70s. He's a genius. He's a genius. He can have a terrible year, but they can't afford it. They can't afford to fire him. It's genius. Such a smart man by his agent. Bravo, whoever that is. Can you please come do my contracts? Please. Sign me up. I'll take the box. Uh, I'll tell you what, though, Ben. I'm probably – the schedule looks tougher for an A&M than what it probably is. Yeah. I I would think they got to improve from five and seven. But let me tell you these games. They got Miami on the road. They've got Auburn at home, Arkansas on a neutral site at Arlington, Texas, AT&T Stadium, no Jerry World. They got Bama at home, as we mentioned earlier. Yeah. They go to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. They get to host South Carolina. They go to Ole Miss. They host Mississippi State, and they go to LSU. Pretty similar see... schedule to last year that they went 5-7 and seven on. I see seven. Seven wins. I think they have to. I think they have to go seven and five. Yeah, right. I think it's like seven at the very least. Six and six. Like you improve by yeah. one game after all the changes. But like last year, some of these games that 
games were toss-ups that probably shouldn't have been. Like, as bad as Auburn was last year, I think that was a loss. I think South Carolina was able to get him last year, if I remember right. Um, There's just games that they were losing that they shouldn't have lost. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I think seven and five is reasonable, and that puts you in the middle of the pack. I think in in the SEC, and uh, so you know, I always say a seven and five SEC team can probably beat a lot of ten and two teams in any other conference. So, uh, right. it's it's really hard to go. Well, your 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 team sucked this year. Well, maybe in your standard, but in most team standards, it's that's a pretty good year. Yeah, I'm not ready to call any big jump, and Texas A&M has always been a team of disappointment as it is, but I think 5-7 and seven is about as bad as it can get, and yeah. I don't think that they'll go 5-7 and seven again. Imagine Ohio State or, or Michigan or uh, Alabama going 5-7. and seven. You might as well have riots in the streets. Let's bring up Arkansas now because everybody always talks about what a difficult schedule Arkansas always has to deal with. Yeah. And it looks like it could be the case again. You get so, KJ Jefferson some about them back. pigs. Some about them pigs. Some about the pigs, man. Uh, BYU's out of conference. They get LSU on the road. That's they got to play A and M, Ole Miss, Bama, Mississippi State, oh, Florida cross division, uh, Auburn, and then Missouri. Florida's an easy win. Florida's an easy win. Florida's an easy one, but yeah, that's all we'll say. Can we give props um, to Josh for just talking so highly about these other SEC teams when he just knows in his heart how bad Florida could be this year? We are going to also talk about how tough Florida's schedule is too because that's one of the <laughs> hardest ones in this conference. <laughs> and then we're going to have the conversation about how most 5-7 and seven SEC teams could beat most 10-2 and two teams. <laughs> Up to you. but That is true. KJ Jefferson, Rocket Sanders, that's got to be one of the best quarterback, yep. returning quarterback, running back duos in the country, I would think. But how far is that going to get you? And they also don't yeah. have Kendall Bryles as their play caller anymore. He went off to take the, I believe, the TCU job. But <sighs> last year, I was actually I, really high in Arkansas, and they were. ended up not being. Yes. You were very high on that. So, I'm, so I'm I'm seeing more of like a six and six. That's Arkansas exactly what I don't really say. know. I think six. I think they make it to a bowl game, but I think that's about the peak. Like I, I don't mm-hmm. see them dominating. Like I again, I just feel like it, they remind me a lot of like a kind of a I don't know. I'm kind of trying to think of compare in the Big Ten. Maybe like a back a few years ago, like a Michigan State team back in the early 2010s, Wisconsin team that's like good enough. They could go ten and two, but at their at their least amount of strength, they'd be like a six and sixteen. So that that's what I feel like. I feel like th- this is a team like KJ Jefferson to me is one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC, like for sure. But what weapons are going to be there for him? You know, like who is going to step up this year? That that's the question that you have to ask. Is who's going to be that guy? Yep. And um, finally, we'll end the SEC West with Auburn, who might be the <laughs> Sorry, most Crane improved. Boys. <laughs> this could be the most improved conference or team in this conference after going five and seven last That's year true. and kind of hitting rock bottom like what Texas A&M did. And actually, Jake picked Auburn to beat Alabama in their okay, SEC. Yeah, that's just, he that's said just, that's the first time in his media career that he's done that. And I don't know why he chose this year of all years to do it. Just not, not going to happen. I'm sorry. Just not. I mean, yeah. you look at their, you look at their, you look at their uh, schedule. They have UMass dangerous game. I'm, I'm telling you, 
Do you see their quarterback is now? It's the former quarterback from Clemson that Ukulama Mamamea or whatever his name is. And uh, he had like a really good game last game. So UMass could be a, could be a challenge there. Crane boys. I'm just saying uh, they have California. Um, who's always a interesting competition, even though they're not that great. Samford. Then they have uh, Texas A&M on the road. They have Georgia at home. That's about all I can say about that. They have LSU on the road. They have uh, Mississippi at home. Mississippi State at, at home. On the road at Vanderbilt. Dangerous place to play. They're down there in Vandy. Uh, Arkansas on the road. And then New Mexico State at home. And Alabama at home. I, yeah, I think that maybe five, five or six wins, maybe a little bit more, maybe seven. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to save. UMass, I think they go three and really well. I think they start three and oh. It's possible. They, they lose two in a row. No, three in a row. They go three and three. No, make that four in a row because they lose an old miss. And then they get a, a maybe two wins. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking like seven and five at best, but probably more of six and six. Yeah, I think this is a really nice uh, stepping stone that Hugh Freeze is taking. I think that this is going to be a, a project that's going to take a little bit, but Auburn's been a program that you can win at. Uh, they definitely care about their football and make it easier for the coaches. Yeah, Gene Chizik's been able to come in here and win. Gus Malzahn's been able to come in here and win. Tommy Tuberville was winning over there. Uh, the program's bigger than most of the coaches. Now they actually got a coach that can do stuff that was making Liberty a winning program and was winning at Ole Miss and beating Bama, so... I think there's definitely a lot to look forward to for Auburn fans, but Peyton Thorne leading the way this year out of Michigan State for them. And uh, just as we've said basically about all the other teams, the schedule's difficult, even with just the the eight conference games that the SEC has and the the FCS gimme game usually. It's it's still there's nothing easy about going through it collectively. So, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think seven and five might be a ceiling here, but I feel like two – We've said everybody's going to be about 500 and someone has to finish under 500 in this conference, I think, mathematically speaking. So it could be Arkansas. It could be Ole Miss. It could be Auburn. Yeah. I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see, I guess, as they say, right? Wait Wait and see what happens. Wait and see what happens. So that means the West. Yeah. That means that we can move out east to the team that everybody is projecting to uh, win the division and that'd be Georgia. And for good reason, not only are they back-to-back national champions, but when you look at your schedule there, you kind of scratch your head and go, how is this even possible? Granted, they did take the Oklahoma game off because Oklahoma's coming over next year, but UT Martin, Ball State, South Carolina, UAB, Auburn, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Florida, Mizzou, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Georgia Tech. You. They did they just did they just like just because they're champions they just get like the easiest schedule of all time is that is that well, how it works here's the thing here's the thing the east is already the easier division so that's a given and then cross division they play Auburn who sometimes is good but as we said right now just had one of their worst seasons they also play um, at least this season I don't know if this is the case all the time but Ole Miss and then Georgia Tech is a, a rivalry game and Georgia Tech as we know has been near the bottom of uh the um basically the whole college yeah. football <laughs> landscape for quite some time so unless they get some kind of crazy out of conference game or like a cross division game like with Auburn they're it's on a better they're having a better season than normal it's it's well, going to be an easy schedule for them by default basically it would help if Florida 
Missouri, South Carolina would just get a little bit better. Just just a little just bit. A and, tad. And I, get, and I think they I think they are, but it's still not where it, where it needs to be overall. Like, let's be honest. I think we can pencil in Georgia. Like right now, we should just pencil in. It's not quite the Georgia Big Ten West, but the SEC East oh, it's is so pretty bad. close sometimes. It's so bad, dude. Yeah. So bad. So we might glance over a few of these teams. Hope no one's offended. I'm just, we're just saying. It's just, we all kind of know what's going on. The back-to-back but, national champs that have continued well, to recruit top five yeah. classes. It's I mean, you look at this Georgia team. Me. I mean, this Georgia team. I don't care, dude. I could be the quarterback of Georgia. Like I legit could be the quarterback of Georgia, and I think I'd be successful. Um, no, I think their defense is probably going to carry them a little bit more this year. I don't know. You can agree or disagree with me on that, but I think their defense is just – it might be – like I'm not saying they, they can't win with what they have on the offensive side, but I think their defense might be that – you know, they might just do that, what they did a couple years ago where they're only giving up like six points a game. So, um you know, they have McConkney, McCockney coming back, I think is his name. Lad McConkey uh, back at receiver, Brack Bowers at yeah. tight end, Kendall Milton back at running back, exactly. Carson Beck taking over at QB. That's the one who, thing Carson everybody's Beck, super yeah. high on. I'm super high on him too. I just want to see him in action. Like I've heard a lot of stuff. I want to see it. Uh it's kind of like with Kyle McCord. I've seen I've seen it briefly. I want to see a total, you know, game in order for me to really understand, you know, how good this this guy is. Yeah. And uh, the other thing, too, to note, no more uh, Todd Monken, no more like air raid style offenses yeah. over there. So it's uh, Mike Bobo, who's been there in the past when the back, when Georgia was underachieving day. initially. Yeah. So I know that's something that people are pointing out, but I think they got enough returning on offense to be OK. And then, like I've said, they've so it's, t- it's yeah, it's tough to go ahead and say that um, they're going to just reload the defense again. But. They're able to do that in 2022 after yeah. 2021. So I assume they can do it again. Kirby, I think Kirby Smart said they might not have as much pass rushers as they pass rushing depth or talent. One of those two. Oh, shucks. Like at this moment, but yeah. Oh, shucks. Uh, we'll see uh, if the linebackers in secondary pick up the slack, if that's the case, or if someone emerges. But it is tough when you've had guys like Jordan Davis and Nolan Smith and Jalen Carter. You still there, have like, eligibility, Josh. Guys like that, but. We still have eligibility, Josh. I do. We we so, both could. You could be a cornerback. You could be a, a corner. I'll be a long snapper, and uh, right. we can win. A, we can win a ring. Maybe we can have a Rudy story. We'll have a movie called Josh. Oh, geez. What am I? Am I the little like the friend that gets you know beat up in the locker room all the time? Is that what? I, is that what I am? Is that is that the character I, I play? Get whipped I, by the towel. I don't know. It's a, it's a movie. We can write. We can write the role any way we want. Yes, I will be the star quarterback that tears his ACL because he has bad knees. Um, no, in general. Um, yeah. Anyway, so let's move on from Georgia. I, I again, I don't know how much time you the want to talk only, about. Uh, yeah, the only other team that can win this division is Tennessee, I think. And that's a big if. <laughs> We're about to find out if Tennessee's rise to the. Stardom. Maybe not the top, but back to where they've been in the past is because of Josh Heupel's offense and system, or if it's because of certain star players that have been there, like uh, Cedric Tillman and Hendon Hooker comes in after being like at Virginia Tech for a little bit and really steps up. Uh, Joe Milton 
who we've yeah. seen fail at Michigan and initially fail as a starter at Tennessee before being benched for Hendon Hooker eventually, is getting a chance to start once again, Ben. And everybody says that he's one of the most talented quarterbacks in college football. They're saying watch out for a Heisman finalist, a first-round pick. We all know that he can throw rockets, but we also know that he's not super accurate from watching him play normally. But he did have some solid stats last year in spot situations. I think he threw uh, 10 touchdowns last year, filling in yeah. for Hendon Hooker near the end of the season after he got hurt. Um, No more Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman, though, so we'll see how the recruiting development there has gone. They got McCoy. They got Brew McCoy, who's, who's, yeah, who's a stud. That is the lone, uh, the lone receiver that they have returning. So I think this is the year that we're finally going to figure out uh, – I hope that since Joe Milton's 30 years old, he finally has a good season in college football, like, you know, Stetson Bennett and other longtime starters have in the past. But this is the year that we're going to find out really what uh, Josh Heupel is made of, I think. Well, it's like what I say, you know, when you go to Michigan, they, you know, you go to die. Um, No, uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, Not really. Uh, No, I Tennessee's one of those teams where it's like it feels a lot like the Michigan State team from two years ago or three years ago that won out and, and competed very well in the big 10. They were almost, you know, almost made the big 10 championship game. You thought that was the team, you know, when, when they had uh Walker and those guys from like two years ago, and then they fell off the face of the earth, right? They showed that they were not necessarily the elite team. We thought they were. That's my question for Tennessee. What is my personal belief? I think Tennessee is, is a seven and five, eight and four team this year. And I think that's where they sit for the next few years. Um, Unless I'm proven differently, but I hope I am, but I, I doubt it. Yeah. Tennessee is one of those teams that also seems to get uh, at least high end opponents. Like they always have to play Georgia and Alabama every year. Yeah. Like Georgia. Uh, with it's kind of like, it's kind of like Arkansas. It's like Arkansas a little bit in a way. Yeah. Georgia, like being an, an East opponent and then Bama, like the, the rivalry series right there. And, Outside of that, I mean, you got you got your uh, Florida Week Three like usual. Uh, you do play Texas A and M cross division as well, and then it's basically just the rest of the SEC East yeah. here. So, out of conference games uh, that they don't have to worry about are UConn, Virginia, and Austin PA and UTSA. Depending on what uh, kind of quarterback we see from Joe Milton, Ben, I think that we could see maybe another ten and two Tennessee season. Yeah, I'm not going to go. I'll go eight and four, maybe nine and three. That's that's what I'll go with. Eight and four, or nine and three. Where are the losses coming outside of Georgia and Bama? I'm assuming. So I'm going to go with. Uh, uh, hold on, let me pull it up. I had it up and I lost it. Lost it. Where is it? It's here. It's here. It's here. Come here. Come here. There it is. There it is. Or do you? Are you not counting Bama as a loss? So Virginia win, Austin PA win. Florida win. Um, UTSA loss. South Carolina win. Texas A&M win. Alabama loss. Kentucky win. Connecticut win. Missouri win. Georgia loss. Uh, Vanderbilt win. So maybe nine and three would be where I think they squeak it off. Yeah, I think if you're Tennessee, uh, like I said, that's depending on if Joe Milton ends up being like this discreet quarterback, which we're not sure about. So I might be okay with 9-3, and three, but I think also that some of these games are winnable even regardless if Joe Milton's not 
as good as Hendon Hooker was last year. So I'm thinking 10 and two is possible. Nine, three. I, I wouldn't say anything worse than that though. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Should we finish up our sec talk with Florida and then we can move to our NFL topic. You don't want to talk about South Carolina. Oh, I guess we did. I forgot about South Carolina. Sorry, South Carolina. Yeah, you always, man, the disrespect is unreal. But well, also, South Carolina is so weird because it doesn't feel like an SEC school. It feels like it should be the ACC, just like where it's located. But that's just, it's, that's it's one of those, it's those teams like I was saying with Arkansas, where the schedule always seems tough for them. Yeah, that's true. They play North Carolina week one. They have Spencer Rattler back, who's back for his 30th and year. Spencer Rattler's back. Yep. Uh, last year, they were able to win some of these games that we're going to mention that are going to be tough, but Clemson was a win last year. Yep. Um, let's see. They got to play Tennessee. That's going to be a tough one. Georgia like says tough one. North Carolina is going to be a tough out-of-conference game. Depending on what kind of version of Texas A&M we get, that could be a tough game. Kentucky, like I said, Devin Leary ends up being a solid quarterback. That could be a tough game for them, too. But I'm really high on South Carolina and what they've been building here. You got Juice Wells back, who should be one of the best receivers in the country. Uh, Spencer Rattler can keep things figured out. Uh, near the end of last season, when they started really scoring a lot of points, it seemed like the talent was largely there, because of the some development there. from him. Yeah, yeah. It's just there's a lot of games that they could lose on this schedule too. So I, I feel like I I could go ahead and say they'll be around the eight and four mark though. Yeah, I agree. I think they're going to be eight and four. I think nine and three at the best. Um, but again, I think if Spencer Rattler turns back to that number one recruit that he used to be, then I think anything's possible at that point. You know, if he turns out to have a Heisman worthy season, then that that turns around your season, just like we saw with Hendon Hooker with Tennessee and some of these other guys. I think if you can get everything you can out of Rattler for this last year that he's there. Then anything's possible, but again, I think that the ceiling for them is a nine and three team. Yeah, um, that's pretty much everybody. That I think uh, we got uh, Kentucky, we got Missouri, Vanderbilt, and Florida to discuss. Who would you like to go to? I think I think Florida. Just why don't we go to Florida? Because I feel like the other three. The, the other, I feel like the other three. I feel like the other three. We just combine and just say that Vanderbilt's going to be bad. Missouri is going to be eh. And uh, and who's the other one I'm missing? Oh, Kentucky. They're losing Levis, so we have no idea what Kentucky's going to be like. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. People seem a lot more I optimistic about Kentucky after Will Levis, who everyone insisted was a first-round pick last year. Which we team. both didn't. Which we both didn't. We did not, but that's how the media is yeah, talking true. about Kentucky. Is like They could be maybe better this year, even with Will Levis gone. I'm like, you thought he was a first-round pick, and he's gone, and they're replacing him with Devin Leary, granted, who we were both high on last year. Didn't live up to the hype, though. We're just bad, man. We're just, we just, we just, we're off. We're off at times. Yeah. Um, Florida, though, uh, since we're here, like I said, fourth overall pick in the draft, and they went 6-6 six and six last year, and the schedule, once again, <laughs> Ben, is looking pretty brutal. With Utah on the road to start, Depending on if Cam Rising's playing that game or not, this this game's probably already happened since we've talked to or recorded this. So. It's probably it's probably will come out a day after it's happened. So our prediction could be completely right or completely wrong. As it could have been completely right or completely wrong if we recorded before the game. Oh, that's but. true. That, that's <laughs> very good point. Very good point. Wasn't thinking straight on that one. It's been a long day. Tennessee. Tennessee is a home game, at least. That but. does not matter. <laughs> 
Kentucky has been a team that's always given them problems, regardless of how good or bad they've been. One. That's also at Kentucky this year. South Carolina is at South Carolina. Three, four. Georgia, as we know, is a neutral site game in Jacksonville. They get Arkansas at home. They got to go to LSU, and they end the year at Florida State, who's like near the top of college football. And run through here, Ben. I'm not seeing more than five. Six wins. I have six. You gave him six. I have six. I have. So I'll give you the six. So they beat McNeese State. Or, or to be honest, I would not be surprised if they lost to them just because it's Florida. McNeese <laughs> um, State is a is a win. Charlotte's a win. Kentucky's a win. Vanderbilt's a win. Um, uh, Arkansas's a win. Missouri's a win. So that's six. I think. They're beating Florida State then? No, sorry. South Carolina's a win. Dang. I'm being nice this year. I was really mean last year. I think I said they were going to be super really nice, bad. dude. They also lost to Vanderbilt last year, too. And kind Listen, of that is I'm trying to help crazy. you out, man. <laughs> trying to be nice. <laughs> I mean, I'm, to I hope it's not a hope. I hope it's not a five win season, but I think they scored like 10 points in their <laughs> spring game. And Graham Mertz is going <laughs> to go ahead and be the starting quarterback this year. Graham Mertz. You go from Richardson to Graham Mertz. Let's just think about that for one second. Man, you go you remember from freshman year Graham Mertz in the COVID season throwing 500 yards and four <laughs> touchdowns and then getting COVID and never seeing him again? Dude, I'm telling you, man, it, it wipes people out, man. But I'm just saying, it's funny how you go from a guy that runs like a 4 3 to someone who probably runs a 5 8, like maybe, maybe on a good day. <laughs> I'm just saying, Josh, I'm sorry. It's just, it's, it's fun to see you in pain sometimes. I mean, that the it's nicest way be possible. A, it's going to be a tough way to go. And I don't think we have to say a ton about Kentucky. No. I think we pretty much hit the nail on the head with that. They, Missouri, Will Levis. So I've heard a lot of people say that Missouri could maybe not be a dark horse to win the division, but they had a lot of close losses last year that were like Kentucky was a four point loss. Florida was a one score loss. Georgia was a one score loss. Auburn was a one score loss. Yeah. So if they can, I don't know if there's any way they can maybe flip the script on some of those and maybe they come out with like a seven and five. That's still not like really sleeper sleeper, but yeah. Vanderbilt's Vanderbilt. Yeah. Like you said, <laughs> And like we said with Kentucky, like defense is usually decent. They might be able to sneak a couple wins, but I'm not sure if Devin Leary is going to be any different than Will Levis this yeah, year true. at the moment. That's true. That's the SEC. So that's pretty man. much SEC talk. So it sounds like we um, are going to have Georgia coming. Yeah, we got Georgia coming out of the East, and I think yes. I have LSU coming out of the West, and you have Bama. Yeah, I have Bama. I think it's Georgia Bama, but then I still think Georgia's winning. I just Georgia's going to win whatever game that is. Georgia winning the SEC no matter yeah. what. Yeah. I don't even think there's going to be a – then again, I've been wrong in the past, so it's not really yeah, much. I feel, like, I feel like if I get 11-1 and one LSU if, – if, no. if Daniels is playing at a Heisman level, then maybe. But I, then again, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm actually going to go ahead and go with Georgia to win the SEC again. There we go. That's our SEC yeah. talk. That gives us SEC talk. A brief time to talk about an NFL conference. And just so you know, if you're wondering, because I've actually had a question about this, Josh, and I we haven't talked about it at all. So I'm throwing this at you now. We haven't talked about it at all. So those of you that are listening or watching, uh, 
I know last year, the whole year, one of the exciting things that Baseline Podcast did was we released our top five Heisman rankings every week and our top five power rankings every week, which Josh and I have not talked about at all, like literally until this very moment. So we're not going to give you them today, but what we will do is I will, we will maybe do them, maybe not the first week because it's very close to the first week and I don't really want to cram things. Um, but maybe what we'll do is we'll wait until after week one and then we'll give you our, our predictions. How do you feel about that, Josh? I know I'm throwing that at you all at once, but how do you feel about doing it for starting from after week one, giving our chance to watch doing it after week one. All right. Well, we can go ahead and start talking about after week one. I'm going to give some more thought to it and come up with uh, an initial five for week one. That I will say what it was and if anything changed after week one. But I do That's need more fine. time to think I mean, about it. Listen, I will say this. We can release. I think what we could do is we can release our top five, uh, even if it's just on Friday night or on Saturday morning. Instagram stories. We can uh, On the story, we can release it just as, hey, this was it. So we have proof. So we're not being jerks and yeah. we're not trying to cite it. So we'll give our power rankings and our Heisman list. So pay attention to the Instagram at baseline.podcast where you can then catch up to the stories, um, especially if we will post on there, you know, our top top teams and our top Heisman candidates for week one. And then week two starts, we will have more discussion. So anyways, Josh, let's talk about the NFL before we wrap up today. But again, just so everyone knows, we're a college guys, so we like college football a little bit more, I think. Just a little bit more. A little bit more. I'm not sure how much in-depth stuff we're going to be talking about with the NFC West, but I will say that I'm still super high on the San Francisco 49ers like I was last year. Even without even without Nick Bosa? Even without Nick Bosa, even without Trey Lance, I think that they will be Dude, okay. Th- Trey Lance, that was the weirdest trade, by the way. Not that he got traded, but that the, the Cowboys picked him up. That's just the weird part. Yeah, there's just still, like, you run through the offense. There's top five guys in the league at all the positions. They might have five of the top 20 players in the league Yeah, you know, I mean, offense. When you look at Trent Williams and Chris McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and George Kittle, it's like these are all guys Debo, that are and Debo at the top what? of their positions. Running back, fullback, wide receiver, tight end. What, what is Debo yeah. Samuel? They have George Kittle. That's the and you got other Samuel. other weapons there like Brandon Ayuk and, and Elijah Moore and – and Brock Purdy did just fine leading them last year, and I think he's going to do it again. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's just that good of an offensive genius, man. It's like you give that guy a defense, and which yet, the 49ers do have, and he can he can work with it. Yet he couldn't get Johnny Manziel to thrive in Cleveland. He could not, but he could get Brock Purdy to win a playoff game. <laughs> that is true. So do you want to start with the 49ers then? Do, shall we start with the 49ers? Yeah, I think I pretty much just said my uh, whole summary yeah. of the 49ers. It's like this is just – even with Brock Purdy leading the way, no matter how you feel about him, that's just too good of an offense to say that it's going to be below average. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, the 49ers are always going to be that team that I think is is always going to be dominant on the defense side of the ball, for sure. Like, we always – we it's kind of old-school 49ers football. Brock Purdy surprised me last year, and I think if he can if he can stay healthy and be what he was last year with the weapons they have, oh, this team should win. This team should win, you know, 13 games. I think I think it's very possible they win 13 games. I have them winning the the NFC West. Um, some might be shocked by that, but I I again it's just hard to go against that defense. And they're going to get the contract situation with Nick Bosa figured out. Like they have to, or else you're going to just ruin half your fan base. Um, but I think you know that that's going to be for sure. Um, you have uh, like you said one of the best you know 
one of the best, you know, um, I multi-tool guy, actually two multi-tool guys in both um, McCaffrey and you have um, Depot Samuel, two guys that can do everything. So uh, it's, it's a very cool thing to see. And, I, and I'm excited to see what happens with them. Um, so I, I have them actually winning the NFC West, like I said, and I think they'll finish around the 13 and four mark. Yeah, I'll go ahead and uh, read some stuff on the schedule real quick. It looks like they could maybe start off 4-0, and and they play the Steelers, Rams, Giants, and Cardinals to start before Very games. Very possible. Before hosting Dallas for Sunday Night Football, which also could be a win. True. But then they got to go along with that Dallas game. Then they go to Cleveland, to Minnesota, host Cincinnati, go to Jacksonville. After that, they get a home game with the Bucks, which should be an easy win. They got to go to Seattle, to Philly, host Seattle again, and then they kind of end it off uh, with some easier games with uh, the Cardinals. Uh, the Ravens should be the only tough one in there. Then the Commanders and the Rams again. So I might go. I might go twelve and five here, thirteen and four with you as well. I think they're winning the division regardless because I think they're the best team in this division. Yeah, for sure. I I, I agree with you. I think. Their schedule is it. I, I like if you're an NFL team and you have a balanced schedule, that's nice. You know, not too many hard games in the front, not too many hard games in the back. I think that really helps a lot of teams. I think uh, keep competitive in the in the league. For sure. Now this might be where we differ. I, I'm assuming that? that we're both. Well, maybe not. I was just going to point out that the Rams do have Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup back and healthy, but. I'm not sure that that's going to be enough to overtake what Seattle has been building with uh, this receiver room that they got and Geno Smith resurrecting his career and two young running backs with Zach Charbonnet and Kenneth Walker back there. Yeah, you know, I was I was thinking about that. Uh, it, this is the tough one when I was thinking about the uh, NFC West. Who do I go with, right? Like, do you go with the Rams who had the veteran, I think, presence Right. Um, but is Cooper Cup, even last year, he didn't seem the same as the, his really record breaking year. Again, I don't know. Like, you know, wide receivers are weird in the sense that if they're not consistent, it, you never know what you're going to get. Obviously, duh, that's what that means. But um, to me, the only thing that worries me about the Seahawks is obviously Smith and Jigba is out for four to five weeks. That's that's a rough, you know, you, you spend a first round pick on him you really, I think would like to have that kind of that third option outside of, you know, Lockett and, and um, what's his face. Um, I can't remember his name now. Wide receiver, big guy, DJ. No, DK Metcalf. There we go. DK Metcalf. So I think you, you have to look at the Seahawks team and go, with Smith and Jigba and, and with some of this other talent, they, they're up there. I, my thought is, though, I'm going to go, I think, with the, the Rams edging out the Seahawks. I think you're going to see the Rams go probably, I'm guessing, in the 10 to 7, 10 and 7 range. Maybe they go 11 and 6, but I think the, the Seahawks are right behind them, you know, a 9 and 8 or, you know, 10 and 7 as well. So I think those two are very neck and neck, but I, I think I'm going to have to give the edge to the Rams with just Aaron Donald. The the linebacking linebacker core, the, the DBs team to be getting, um, they may not be as great as they've been. The offensive line might not be as great as it's been, but I think you just you can't go against what the Rams have done over the last few years. And I think you go with that reputation over the Seahawks, who are still, I feel like, in the building phase of their of their franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, 
Seahawks got got. I mean, like every NFL team, they got some some difficult games on this schedule. They start yeah. off with, uh, or actually, they start off with the the Rams at home. Then they got to go to Detroit. They get to host Carolina. Go to the Giants. Go to the Bengals. Then host the Cardinals again. Then they host the Browns. Go to Baltimore. Host Washington. Go to the Rams. Host the Niners. Go to the Cowboys. Host the Seahawks. Host the Eagles. Go to Tennessee, host Pittsburgh, and at Arizona. Yeah. Just eyeballing that, I think that could be an 11-6. and six. Mm. Yeah, 10-7 maybe. Maybe more 10-7-ish. Could be 11-6, 10-7. But yeah. I think there's, it's still a winning season. Like I, don't, I feel like they're on the edge of the playoff picture, mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah, it seems like that... that Tenth win is is the magic number, especially like in the in the NFC where the there's not as many good teams like the AFC. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So I assume that means you got the Rams at third, like I do. Yep, I want to say Rams at well. Oh, that never mind. Oh, it's so tight. I I mean, again, like I said, I gave the Rams. Do you the think edge. the Cardinals will the finish thing. over them? No, 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 no. I mean, like, I think between the Seahawks and the Rams, like, I feel like oh, the Rams okay. might have a slight edge over the Seahawks, like, just slightly. Like, I, to me, it's like either way. I feel like I could flip a coin with those two, but I, I'm gonna I go. I, I'm gonna stick with the Rams at two, Seahawks at three, but by like maybe a game, and then the the Cardinals they might win three games, maybe, maybe four, maybe we bless. Yeah, the Cardinals wins. are just. Cardinals just on a fire sale. We don't know when Kyler is going to be back, but it looks like Josh Dobbs is going to be a starter in the meantime, who, while is super smart and a rocket scientist, isn't really a guy that you want leading your team, especially when you got really no weapons around him or anybody on the defense to keep things interesting. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I'm going to go with, yeah, I'm going to go with that. So I'll go with Cardinals at, well, the thing about the Cardinals too is they got, you know, they're looking at a good old Williams over there at USC going, hey, you're not too far away. You know, all you got to do is just move down a state and you're a you couple states and you're you're here. So mm-hmm. I think Caleb Williams is going to be the new Arizona Cardinal quarterback uh, for the future. And if they get the second pick, too, then they might have a him and him and Harrison one, two. That'd be a heck of a combo right there. I'm just saying, I think the I think the only thing for Cardinals fans to look forward to is hopefully Paris Johnson ends up being a left tackle that you can rely on as a staple for the next decade. <laughs> That now that now that is true. What are what are your thoughts on what the Cardinals have done? Have they done enough right now, or do you still feel like they need to do more? Like when it comes to building, do you think they built the right way, or they should have went a different direction instead of getting Johnson as your your time? I think they're just going like all out fire sale right now to make sure that they do get that number one pick. So there's not really anything that's convincing me. Like initially when everyone was saying Arizona, I was like Arizona though, really? Like are they going to be that bad and I mean, there they're, seems like they're making sure of it. Yeah, I agree. They might win a few. They might win a few games once Kyler gets back, but I still don't know what week that's going to be in. Yeah, and even if, even still, it's like well, and Kyler they cut, hasn't guaranteed and, winning seasons for them. And they cut Colt McCoy, so they're going with Josh Dobbs, the Browns quarterback who they just traded for. Like, huh? It's interesting decision, but I, I understand it. I guess you're you're just trying mm-hmm. to tank as best you can. <laughs> hey, we're Browns fans. We've been there. We know how that feels. We know tanking. We went one in 31 over two year span. And yet Jackson still believes that he did the best job he could. Don't believe it at all. At all. Me well, neither. anyways, 
Well, anyways, Josh, you look at you look at this college football season. All right, and I want I know we'll finish up here in the next in a minute or so, but I I, I want to ask you this question: What are you most looking forward to for college football season? As it's starting this week, as as your as people are listening to this episode, maybe on Saturday morning before the these games start. What is one thing you're looking forward to for this college football season? Is there something that maybe you're looking forward to? It doesn't have to be the games, but maybe it's just an atmosphere or the feeling of college football, or, or what is that for you? It's that this is the last year that college football is going to be around as we know it. Mm, and powerful. I say that because while, while the transfer portal has made college football different and there's been a couple teams that have jumped conferences that has made it different and NIL is in all college sports now, so it's been a little different. This is the last year that we're going to have the four-team playoff, the main Power Five conferences, no mega conferences, uh, it's it's going to look a lot different. Like we're this is the biggest leap towards like a minor league NFL system. I think that we're going to see in the in the next year. So this is the last year that we know it, Ben, as college football fans. And hopefully, all these changes that we're seeing could present a lot of negatives, end up being positive for the sport. But not too optimistic right now. So this season is going to be. I mean, it's going to be the last one of its kind, if you will whether it's the last time we have good college football or not, and it gets better, this is the last version or the last time we're going to see this version of college football. It is, it is really shocking to me about thinking about how much college football has changed since we were kids. And I, I was going to say some of the similar lines to you, but I guess what I'm most forward looking, what I'm most looking forward to, I guess is the feeling of college football. Now it's different for me now. Many of you listening are from the United States. Ninety-five percent of you that listen, you know, you either know us or you've you've you grew up around college football. But I live in Europe, and so it's a lot harder for me to wake up on a Saturday morning and go, "I'm excited for some football," right? Because I, outside of coaching American football here in, in Budapest, Hungary, and and feeling that when I go onto the field every single time I coach or we're at practice or there's a game or whatever it is, there's something about I miss it a little bit, that feeling of walking outside and, and hearing college game day in the background or whatever. Um, but I guess what I'm most forward looking forward to is just watching the atmosphere of all the games and reminding myself ha- how much sports bring people together. And uh, I, I think back of, of there's a song that's there's many songs that, you know, you hear about people talking about college football and it's true. It, it's it's the one thing that I think anybody from any side of the aisle or whatever it is can come together and, and, and root for something. And so to me, I'm just excited for the atmosphere. I'm excited to watch some games, even if it's three o'clock in the morning, my time. And I, Josh is texting me saying, Hey, you're watching the game. Be like, absolutely. Don't care if it's three in the morning on a Sunday morning, but um, people at church just have to deal with me being grumpy. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but no, in general, it's, it's, it's an awesome time of the year. So with that being said, Josh and I will get our heads together. We'll put our list together of our top five candidates for Heisman Trophy and for our power rankings. We will post that on the story. We won't make an actual post, but I will, and Josh and I will make it so that way I can then post it on our story at baseline.podcast. And if you love watching this episode, uh, please give us you know feedback, um, but if, especially if you could give that a thumbs up, if you like it. And if you want to subscribe, that'd be awesome too. Uh, That just allows us to see that you're enjoying what we're doing. Comment below your favorite 
favorite thing about college football? Comment that below. And if you're listening to on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure you share it with your friends and family and give us a five-star rating because we are five-star guys. Sorry, that was a cheesy line. Um, But anyways, we hope that you have a great rest of your weekend. Uh, Stay safe. And until next time, we'll see ya.